Dear listener, it's a great joy that you choose to join me. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Please keep tuned to this station until the end. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mahangi. This is your favorite new life program with interesting segments just for you. Patron will be having the family of segment by Lydia Aching. Today, she'll be talking about the reasons not to get married. Thereafter, we'll be having a Bible segment by Brother Ian. Today's topic is about temptations. Before that, here's a song, Tafuta Daimo Takatifu, by Gracious Singers. lovely song. Thank you for staying tuned. Let us now prepare to listen to Lydia Aching. Welcome, Lydia.
Hello, dear listener. Welcome to today's Family Life program. Today we're going to talk about reasons not to get married. Shall we pray? Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for guiding us and for the marriage message that we're about to receive. May you help it to apply in our lives so that we may learn how to love like you love us. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Most of us either know someone who is planning on getting married or maybe you're planning that special event yourself in the future. If that's true, then we encourage you to pay attention to what Dr. Randy Carlson has to say in this marriage message. In it, he gives various reasons as to why you may not want to get married if certain circumstances hold true. If you don't need this information yourself, you may want to pass it on to someone else who is planning marriage for them to prayerfully consider what Dr. Carlson writes. Those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. 1 Corinthians 7:28. Can you imagine this passage of scripture quoted as part of a wedding ceremony? The Apostle Paul realist the, the, Can you imagine this passage of scripture quoted as part of a wedding ceremony? The Apostle Paul's realistic take on marriage goes against the romantic ideal of love at first sight, and even more, the belief that wedlock will bring perpetual bliss. But Paul's opinion on marriage, not surprisingly, Paul chose to remain single, does spotlight a truth that couples cannot afford to ignore. Whether they are contemplating getting married, are already engaged, or having been wed for years. Being a husband or wife is not easy. More specific, marriage will at times bring great difficulty. Divorce remains prevalent because many couples do not realize this. So when trouble comes, they give up too soon hot and disillusioned as their definition of what a marriage should be becomes shattered. I don't want this to happen to you. Therefore, I put together this unusual list and even did an entire radio program on this topic, the seven reasons not to get married. To give you the reality check, you need to go into marriage or continue onward in your existing marriage with your eyes wide open. Consider each one carefully and honestly. You should probably not get married if, one, you are unwilling to put the needs of another person above your own. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. In the Greek, devoted is defined in this verse as reciprocal tenderness, while honor is identified as showing deference to, one, to another person. How often are these characteristics apparent in how you behave toward your fiancé or spouse? Two, you are easily offended, carry grudges, and are unwilling to forgive. An overly sensitive, vengeful, or callous attitude has no place in any relationship, especially a marriage. The Bible gives you the challenging yet correct standard in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. 3. You are an abusive person, mentally, emotionally, physically. Author and domestic violence expert, Landy Bancroft finds that abusers, who by the way are primarily men but also include women, abuse for a variety of reasons, including a need for power and control, finding someone to blame for their problems, and wanting to be the center of attention. Do you see yourself anywhere in these attributes? 4. You do not share the same beliefs, values, life priorities, or vision. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. Genesis 2 verse 24. Oneness is essential in marriage, and its foundation is built on these characteristics. 5. 
you have an unresolved addiction problem. Like a city whose walls are broken down, says Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, is a man who lacks self-control. The website addictions.org lists a variety of harmful addictions affecting millions of people, including addictions to sex, shopping, sleeping, people-pleasing, perfectionism, pornography, and overworking. Each will undermine a marriage if ignored. Six, your career is the most important thing in your life. Philippians 2 verse 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Selfish ambition is interpreted in the Greek as a desire to put oneself forward, a partisan and fractious spirit, while vain conceit is identified as groundless, empty pride. Examine how your profession shapes who you are. Does it bring out these traits in you? 7. You are unwilling to be an active sexual partner with your spouse. As a couple, read 1 Corinthians 7 from verse 1 to 5. The Bible speaks directly to this vital issue. Verse 3 is clear. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. There is no room in a healthy marriage for sexual games and an active sexual relationship works to ward off temptation to sin. Don't be discouraged if you struggle with any of the above reasons. A quality marriage is not defined as one that's perfect. But do yourself and your future or current spouse a favor by committing to change or grow stronger individually in each area. You won't regret it and will be able to face and overcome the troubles of marriage with unity and in God's power. We pray this message from Dr. Carlson has ministered to your hearts. If you aren't married yet, please prayerfully consider each point. God takes our wedding vows very seriously and so should you. Don't get so caught up in marrying that you forget to realistically take the marriage after the wedding into consideration. Each of these points are ones you should take soberly as reality checks. If you or your fiancé are lacking in one of these areas, if there's unhealthy behavior or thoughts on these matters going on, please stop the wedding. Back up and consider these as warning flags to not get married until or unless these matters are completely resolved. On the other hand, if you're married and you see one of these character issues going on in you or your spouse, you need help. Please don't look at this marriage message as a reason to try to get out of your marriage because there are obvious problems. This message is being given to prevent some unhealthy marriages from happening in the first place. If you already made your vows, ask God, find the help you need, and make sure you do your part in contributing good into the marriage, not toxicity. You can't do your spouse's part, but you can do yours. We hope and pray you will. We pray that God will use these seeds of thought to benefit those who hear them. This material is provided by Marriage Missions International. Until next time, God bless you. Enjoy that fun life segment. This is a new life program coming to you from Adventist Soul Radio, the voice of hope. Do not forget to send us your thoughts about this program by writing to the producer, Adventist Soul Radio, P.O. Box 4276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. 
Let us now hear from gracious singers with the song, There's Room for You and Me. again for staying tuned to our station. It is time for the Bible segment. Brother Ian, welcome and bless us with the word. I greet you dear listener in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our study today and the topic of our study is temptation. Since the entrance of sin into the world, 
a war has been raging in every human heart between the spirit and the flesh. Every person desiring to serve God feels the battle between these two opposing masters. And Satan is always exploiting our physical and emotional desires to sever our relationship with the Lord. Your iniquities have separated you from your God. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2, New King James Version. The Bible begins with the serpent tempting Adam and Eve and follows with the world's deterioration. The New Testament begins with Satan attempting Jesus and follows with the world's salvation. When humanity fell after the first subtle temptation in the garden, it lost the pure loving motives with which it had been originally created. Selfishness took its place and the result has been devastating. Death, disease, war, crime, pain, the list goes on. God has called us to holiness. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 15 to 16. But without supernatural aid, men and women are powerless to resist the evil desires and motives of the carnal heart. Yet God will never ask us to do anything that we are incapable of doing without his help. He has not abandoned his rebellious creation, and he made complete and final provision for its restoration. The purpose of his plan of salvation is to restore within you and me the image of Christ, so that we might be called the sons of God. According to his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by this ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 to 4 Many believe it is a sin to be tempted. This is not true. The Bible declares, For we have not an high priest which can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, so it can't possibly be a sin to be tempted. Rather, it is a sin to give into temptation. Shakespeare wrote, It is one thing to be tempted, another thing to fall. Christians must not allow the carnal nature to dictate what they do. They must allow the spirit to direct their path and not their flesh. If we truly want to follow Jesus, we can choose to resist those actions and thoughts that we know are contrary to his will. Thankfully, through Jesus, God has provided everything we need to successfully resist evil and overcome us. So we might naturally ask ourselves, Since I am a follower of Christ, what did Jesus do to resist temptation? For one thing, he quoted the Bible. Knowledge of his word makes for the first and best defense against temptation. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Psalms chapter 119 verse 11. Second, we need to pray. Even Jesus turned to pray to resist temptation. Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Mark chapter 14 verse 38. I could easily expound on just these two basic points, prayer and the word, to develop an entire book about fighting temptation. But instead, I want to use these fundamental truths as a foundation to highlight 12 practical keys to resist and overcome temptation.
I also want to give you some Bible passages that you might recite as Jesus did when you are tempted. I believe this basic biblical ammunition, along with regular sincere devotions, will mark your path with more consistent victory. It's easier to endure the darkness when you believe in the approaching day. I am certain that one reason people are so easily overcome by temptation is that they lose sight of their eternal perspective. If an angel appeared to you right now in all his brilliant glory and said, Repent, Jesus is coming soon. Will it be easier for you to resist temptation, at least for the rest of the day? Sure, because your faith will be strengthened that your reward was real and near. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 to 26 says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to ears, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Moses was in line to rule Egypt during the zenith of its power and wealth. That position of influence will be a terrible temptation for anyone. But Moses looked to God's eternal reward and was able to release the devil's temporary earthly treasure. Don't forget the glory God has in store for you. I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. The things which God hath prepared for them that love him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 It is so much easier to resist temptation if you believe you are really saved. If you mistakenly think you can work your way into being saved, you will actually erode your ability to resist. But when you believe you are saved, it's a lot easier to behave like a son of God. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans chapter 8 verse 18 It's easy to resist a jelly bean when you know you are on your way to a feast. You also must remember how bad sin is, with or without a reward. Paul says that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Romans chapter 7 verse 13 You need to truly know that sin is very ghastly. And if you need a reminder, go back about 2,000 years ago to Calvary and see what sin did to Jesus. As Christians, we can't embrace sin because it is filthy, ugly, and deadly. Sin caused the death of our beloved Jesus. The Bible says, There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. And the man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. Job chapter 1 verse 1, New King James Version. We need go beyond the basic emotion of loving God. Like Job, a part of loving God is hating evil. God wants us to hate sin because he hates it. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Psalms chapter 119 verse 104. Don't be deceived when the devil tries to portray sin as something desirable and attractive. He's a genius at making something filthy and crooked look clean and harmless. But don't be misled because the pretty picture will end up killing you. You need to come to the place where you love God so much that you will rather die than deliberately sin and grieve him. Listener, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you want to pay. May you fight the good fight of faith and overcome by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I was your presenter, Ian Muse, and do have a good time. Music
We are grateful for the time you have accorded us today. Let us meet right here at Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. Don't forget to send us your views about this program by writing to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 4276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. You can also email us at awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. I've been a presenter, Samuel Mang. Until then, stay safe, stay blessed.